Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Ladies, woohoo, and woohoo, gentlemen, woohoo, welcome to woohoo, another woohoo, a digital woohoo, citizen, woohoo, episode 200 and woohoo, 70. Round number. Hey, look. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. Round number. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it's 10 episodes since I didn't did that. Something like that, maybe. Well, yeah, because 260 was the five-year show. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that would make sense. <laughs> oh, a, 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 a thing that has followed us since uh, episode 20. Who, who remembers episode 20? I don't was that the first time you did it? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I didn't know if it was 10 or 10, 20 or 30. I don't remember at this point at all. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, for some some reason, I know. Um, I think I I looked into it just to. I was listening to episode ten uh, before we were doing our best and uh, and least favorite uh, shows of our shows because I think I that was one of the. Uh, oh right, that makes sense. Yeah, because you were listening to have back. on the list. Yeah. Okay. So, and I listened to episode ten, and I was like, no woohoo's, okay. And I listened to episode 20, and there I did it. And I made the joke to Tilly, oh, we're 20 years old now. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I don't remember that at all. Weird. Yeah. So we're 270 years old now. Feels like it today, that's for fucking sure. How's your week been? Um, I guess... Interesting, busy, and uh, it's been pretty nice here for the, it being the beginning of December. It's been pretty sunny and, like, uh, not super cold, but uh, it's, like, nice and cold enough outside that it's, you can go outside and work really hard and get all sweaty, and it still feels cold outside. Does that make sense? It's a, it's really good yes. outside working weather right now here. That's nice. Yeah, except for that uh, I hurt my back two days ago, and now I can barely walk, so... I can't do much yeah, of that for the next few days. Yeah, you told me you had something. What was it called again? I, I, I have, like, something... I have, like, a pinched nerve in my back, I think, because it's, like... It's, like, a, a sharp, you know, pain instead of, like, a muscly pain or whatever. So it's yeah, probably, like, yeah. a pinched nerve is my guess. <laughs> I haven't been... I haven't gone to the doctor, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I would go to the doctor for a pinch nerve. Right now, especially. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. in, in America, it's like the worst it can be. And I, I know, I think it was last week that Oregon had its peak of like the highest uh, number, number of hospitalizations so far since uh, in this year, I guess. So Oregon's not doing uh, good right now, and neither is the rest of America. So. I uh, I was talking to somebody about uh, the vaccine program in Norway and uh, what I think about it and things like that. And I was like, I am I am so fucking happy that I'm I'm on the top of 
the list of like people that are prioritized getting the vaccine. Right. Like so, I it's it's not that I'm going to stop thinking about it, but I I I have to admit, and this is my sickness more than others, but I I've I've become a germaphobe since January. And having people inside of my apartment without uh, something uh, in front of their mouth, for example, right? That that scares me to death. I I know it's maybe just silly, and uh, the 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 chances of getting uh, ill by it is slim to nothing. But it's just like it, uh, it's health professionals that are here to, to talk to me about things and they don't use it and they go from like patient to patient to patient right. I yeah, have totally. no fucking clue where they have been yeah that doesn't really make sense you would think they, it would be kind of what's a good word for it professional courtesy or whatever they say definitely yeah I know uh, so uh, I, I, I said uh, like in January uh, January I am going to be so uh happy i mean um I, I think we could talk about this first uh because it fits a little into what we were talking about because the first uk patient receives uh oh, okay the flipster uh biontech coronavirus jab outside the clinical trials this is in uh, right because we talked about in the past that the uk had passed a law saying uh it didn't they lessened the amount of time that it would have to be in trial. If you remember, they passed that law, and we were like, oh, right. they're allowing uh, it to not do as much testing, so they're probably going to be one of the first places to get it. And it looks like they are, because it says the COVID-19 vaccine has taken a leap forward, and the first person to get the jab outside a cl clinical trial was Mar Margaret Keenan, a 90-year-old grandmother of four, who was given the vaccine by nurse uh, May Parsons at Coventry University Hospital at 6.31 a.m. Uh, a few days ago. Uh, yeah. I wonder what what made her, like, so... Um, I mean, she's 90, so I'm guessing that's the reason she was up for it. Right. Right. She's 90 and living in a... Uh, is she living at home? I think. Yeah, she, she was a retired. She uh, was yeah. a jewelry shop assistant four years ago. Uh, I guess that was the last time she worked. So. Yeah. So. Uh, and. I I I I think that's fantastic news. Like I when I saw that news, I I was like. Whew, is it like is this the the start of the end? Is like this is this now going to actually have an ending? Is it that big a thing? Uh, it's gonna be you know it's not gonna be the ending right away because we gotta wait for sure many countries and everything to get all of the vaccine to them and smaller countries and everything else. Okay, I'm, I'm saying here something uh, about this lady. Apparently she worked for the University Coventry Hospital since 2003, okay? And she's worked for the okay. NHS for 24 years 
as well. So maybe that's why she was the first one, because she worked at the hospital where they got the first doses. She's probably the oldest person that worked there, and she's worked for the NHS for over 20 years, so that would make sense, actually, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, because that's that's one of the things that I, I, I've tried to look upon you know, as a positive things. I mean, I, I read something that Pfizer was a little uh, pissed off at the UK, no, US uh, government, uh, that they didn't order the second batch of, of uh, the vaccines. Did you see this? I didn't see anything about Pfizer being mad about it, but I did see that that uh, the Trump administration decided not to right. to order them. Uh, yeah, what did you see? No, that that's that's what I saw. Uh, why do you think that is? Well, Trump it believes in herd immunity. Still, he still talks about it. So. So he doesn't think that vaccine is... Uh... Well, they're conservatives, so they want to spend as little money as possible. And if they can just give vaccine oh, yeah. to all their rich friends and let everybody else die without spending more money, right. they'll do that. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's going to work very, very well. <laughs> I, f- I feel like a lot of really rich conservatives just see poor people as, like, expendable... Um, the, the the expendable worse workforce that if they all died it really wouldn't matter because we're the ones that really make everything happen in the world or whatever that's mm. how those people see uh, everybody else and so it's like they don't really care about you you know I, I, but it seems like it and I'm 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 talking especially for Norway UK and like especially Europe in Europe it seems like this vaccine could have less a problem. The, the only thing that I'm uh, concerned of is that if uh, the vaccine doesn't get uh, a root fall in the US, uh, it will be continue being in the United States and then maybe will mutate and then we need another vaccine for the mutation. Well, we already talked about that with the mink virus with a mink so even yeah. with this vaccine it doesn't necessarily mean the end of the european uh coronavirus unless that sure pfizer vaccine does work uh for the mink virus or whatever which seems right. to be mm-hmm. as from no. our research in the past seems to be the yeah. thing that's really going around there uh and the other problem in america is people taking it actually taking the vaccine right and right. i'm sure that's a big problem other places as well yeah because there's a lot of people with the tinfoil hats that are not willing to take... Mm, the Mark of the Beast. That. Yeah, the Mark of the Beast. Maybe that's the problem. Uh, I think the Beast have been in Havana. This. Uh, do you remember years ago we talked about this case in Havana? I remember the first... Was... We didn't talk about it in the news first. The first place we talked about it... Right. Way, way back in the day, we talked about, in the main topic, uh, the CIA heart attack gun that was revealed yes. in, like, a court hearing in the 1970s. Uh, yeah. We were talking about the CIA heart attack gun. Was it, was it real? Was it not real? And at the time, that week when we decided, hey, we're going to talk about this heart attack gun, uh, mm-hmm. came out a story about, in Cuba, somebody believed that diplomatic officials were being hit with some type of heat ray 
microwave ray, some type of um, supersonic weapon, right? Uh, no, it was grasshoppers. And well, then later, like a couple <laughs> months later, the U.S. government say, came out and said that was not a supersonic yeah. weapon at all. Nothing to do with weaponry. <laughs> it was all it was was just crickets causing yeah. people Cricket. to like have mental problems from cricket noises, right? And we were like, that is the stupidest, most, like, uh, Roswell weather balloon e explanation of what's going on here ever. Oh, it is so fucking stupid. Um, but yeah. And I do well, remember even being called a conspiracy theorist at the time for saying that the crickets weren't real, that clearly the oh, crickets I were all covering that. covering up stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, we are conspiracy theorists. Uh, whatever we do, look. That's true. Uh, uh, I'm still waiting for apology letters for the fucking uh, uh, Russia Gate thing. So, but uh, in a turnaround, the U.S. government is now saying it wasn't crickets. Havana syndrome likely caused by direct microwaves. It says, the misery illness oh. suffered by U.S. diplomats in Cuba was likely caused by direct microwave radiation the U.S. government has found. The National Academy of Sciences does not attribute blame to for the direct energy, or where the direct energy waves were from, fro. so we're not blaming anybody. But the research, in effect, effects the pulse radio energy was carried out by the Soviet Union more than 50 years ago. We're not blaming anybody, but <laughs> <laughs> Russia. <laughs> the illness first affected people at the embassy in 2016-2017 when, when we talked about it. Staff and some relatives had complained of sy symptoms ranging from dizziness, loss of balance, hearing loss, anxiety, and some. Uh, sometimes they described a cognitive fog uh, this became known as Havana Syndrome. Havana na na na, I want to be in Havana na na na. No, it's it's a it's a it's it's a funny case. I mean, uh, it's not funny because well, people got dead and things like that. But it's 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 funny because of the cover up. Well, what I was thinking, maybe it's very, very, like, small crickets with very, very small microwaves on their back. They're alien crickets that have, like... <laughs> <laughs> They're like the crickets from uh, A Bug's Life. They're actually Bugs really Life, smart, yeah. and they're led by yeah. James Woods, and that's just terrifying. <laughs> James Woods as a cricket is terrifying. <laughs> I love the boat slave. It was such a good. But yeah, it has the one uh, scene in it. There's like a whole scene yeah. in a bug's life that's all about capitalism and how terrible it is. It, I know. That's pretty. Yeah. It, it, for a you know a kids movie, it's pretty interesting. It is. But yeah, uh, so uh, let's skip to another country that uh, has also uh, tried to kill people with AI. It might have been uh, AI crickets that pulled the trigger. AI crickets, yeah. yeah. Uh, Iran says that uh, AI and satellite-controlled gun uh, is was used to call uh, kill nuclear scientists. If you remember last week, we talked about this nuclear scientist that got killed in Iran. Mm -hmm. They were blaming Israel. Uh, they're now saying the assassination of Iran's top nuclear scientist last month was carried out remotely with an AI and 
machine gun equipment with a satellite-controlled smart system, Iran's uh, news agency quoted a senior Iranian commander. Uh, the account is the most explicit claim yet, first made last week, that the attack was conducted remotely. The claim... The claims have not been verified and are being treated with the degree of skepticism by the West. Iran has blamed Israel for the assassination, a claim that Israel has neither denied or confirmed. Yeah, I, I mean, none of those countries usually says, oh, it was totally our fault. Well, we did, remember, when we blew up that Iranian general, Trump was like, yeah, it was us. <laughs> Yeah, but that uh, that is Mr. Trumpy lump. Israel still refuses to uh, answer whether they have nuclear weapons or not. They're like, we could, right. maybe. I don't know. How are we supposed to know? We're just a country. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. Yeah, no. Uh, Maybe maybe uh, that was the problem uh, that Rudy Giuliani was going to solve. He was going to Iran and solve the crisis, and then he got corona. I feel so sorry for him getting corona. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, that was a little fake cough there. Well, we had talked two weeks ago about his son. Yeah. And that whole yes. press conference with it. the lady yeah. who was saying that uh, Venezuela stole the election or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. He was at that press conference and many people got COVID at that press conference. Uh, and we yeah. were saying it, there's a very good chance that he either got it there because he wasn't wearing a or mask. Had it. Yeah, or already had yeah. it. Which I'm because thinking... He was, he was sweating profusely. So yeah. I think he probably had it. Except that's not unusual for Giuliani to sweat profusely, so it's possible, but... Sure, sure, but, I mean, I'm, he was sweating a little too... I think too much. Trump, when Trump got it, he probably had, right. had it for longer than when they, before they announced it. And then oh, what it makes it seem like, Rudy announces... He probably had it for weeks. He announces it um, after he's already getting treatment, so it seems like to people from the outside looking in that it didn't take long for him to recover, much right. like it made it look like it didn't take Trump long to recover, even though they were sick much longer than they will admit to. It make right. the, the optics make it look like coronavirus isn't as bad as it actually is, if that makes sense. Right. So politically, I can see why they would do that. Wait to announce it. Yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, no, he's in hospital having respiratory uh, uh, problems. So all our fake prayers goes to Giuliani and his family at this moment. Well, I'm, I'm, most of my prayers go out to the people that were in that press conference that were uh, <laughs> unaware that they were in just a super spreader event. I know one reporter lady right. who got it, the YouTube reporter, who... Um, she had no idea that what she was getting into when she went there, and she ended up... She's like, quarantine now, can't go see her kids, uh, can't go out reporting uh, any of the news that she was before. So it's like, you know, uh, that's the really horrible part, is that they're just so blatantly willing to like just get people sick and they don't even give a crap. Yeah, it's, it's psychopathic when you think about it. Definitely. 
So look, uh, remember when we guessed uh, what country uh, this monolith will show up right. last week? No, that was two and weeks I, ago. I, I, I guessed Congo, you guessed another African country, what was it? Uh, I don't remember, Nigeria? I, I think maybe Nigeria. You were kind of closest when it comes to letters. Uh, because, uh, not Nigeria, but Netherlands begins with an N. Sure, and, I guess so. And what? There's another country? Nor Norway. Never heard of Norway. Right, because last, <laughs> last week we had talked about Romania, right? Yes. Because that was, so two weeks ago we had made our, our guess, uh, mm. and then... The Romania thing happened after the Romania thing happened. That's when the California monument mon, monolith, which was what on Thursday, I want to say. Yeah, I want to say that as well. And I think there's another yeah. one that's already appeared. Uh, and then what? The Isle of Wight uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, it says a pyram- pillar was spotted on Compton Beach the, on the west side of the island. That one has also already disappeared. Uh, mm-hmm. And then one. Uh, Ones have shown up in Spain, Germany, and Colombia, uh, mm-hmm. and then we saw one show up in California, where on uh, some beach. I remember. I can't remember the exact name of the beach. Uh, and then right. Norway, which I couldn't really read the article on it because it was all in Norwegian. Right. So why don't you go into that? The, uh, and that was yes. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I sent you that article. Cannot. Be right, but yeah, it is found in a little uh, town called Kristiansand, uh, outside of uh, the animal park. Uh, nobody knows how it got there. Uh, there's three. Uh, it's it's very deep in the snow, and uh, if you look at the picture, you can see that there's three lights lighting this monolith up. Actually, nobody so... has a clue. Sorry? So the people who installed it installed the lights, or the lights were already yes. there, and yes. then they installed it? No. Okay. No, the people that uh, installed the monolith also installed the lights. Okay. And it's just not a random place in, in Norway, like, nowhere, really. Somebody has uh, <laughs> said, uh, they came out saying they were the ones that um, put in the Utah monument. The uh, monolith, sorry, uh, the original monolith uh, group came right. out and and said that it was them. But then a lot of people are questioning as to whether they're just saying it was them to get publicity and that maybe it wasn't actually yeah. them and that they're just using it to um, promote their uh, own um, own goals, I guess. Uh, right. But maybe it was them. They they're apparently to be honest. They're trying to sell. Uh, copycat versions of the monolith so they do have some way of profiting off it if that was if they were faking it right i i don't think it's done to be honest this this seems a little too well organized just to be one like random thing i like uh because it's so it's so it's so nowhere like I, I can I, I can understand that somebody would think it would be fun to copycat this, 
but it's it's a little hard to copy cats. Not not because you can't get uh, material and things like that, but you have to think of what time we are. Like getting three metal sheets in the middle of Corona in Norway. <laughs> yeah, but what if you were already like a metal sculpture artist, or you were a a, a metal True, fa- fa- metal fabric fabricator who just had that stuff lying around in the shop already, right? Right. I, I'm I'm just see I'm just saying that it seems a little too organized. I think little anybody who is who's going to be able to put together one of these monoliths in a in a two weeks or whatever, they're already going to be a fairly apt metal. A sculpturist beforehand. Sure. They're not going to be like, I don't know anything about uh, creating a metal sculpture or welding or riveting metal oh. or anything, but I'm going to go make a metal monolith. I, don't, I think probably it's people who were like, oh, that's a cool idea, and I also can do that, so I'm just going to go do it because it sounds fun and it'll be silly and my, it'll, you know, it'll be a laugh. I think that's what it comes yeah. down to. I don't. I but I don't think it's copycats. That's the that's the thing I always come back to. It's like. What do you think it is? I think, I think it's organized. I think it's organized from the beginning by some uh, some artists. Let's say an artist collective uh, around the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like on a page, like a Discord or whatever. Like, let's do this at this and this and this time because, like I say. Getting the material for this is is hard nowadays. It's just like it seems a little too. I don't know. Um, it's possible. It's just um, the problem with your idea is that we know that the Utah monolith was sitting out there in the desert for four years. Right. So that kind of destroys that. your your concept, unless they've been waiting for four right. years for somebody to just randomly find it. And then they're like, all right, put the plan into action. And they were all just ready. <laughs> like, I don't know. That just seems... But that, that that's what I'm, I'm thinking uh, what happened. That somebody was waiting for... Somebody for to find it? To... Yeah. Yeah, but then you have to be lucky that all the people you planned it with didn't tell anybody. Nobody told anybody. And nobody died in between when you put it out there and or, like got a drug addiction to where they couldn't go out and put their monolith or you know what I mean I understand that but you fake the moon landing so <laughs> right that's true I don't know I think a lot of people are starting to compare it to crop circles where it's like there are crop circles that are clearly fake crop circles and then there are other crop circles that people go that's right. way it seems way too hard to fake but it's possible to fake it right but the thing with the monolith in Norway, especially, and why I find it so strange, is that there were none, none of the monoliths uh, were like reported on in Norwegian media. The Utah one, okay, like, had absolutely no mentions in 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 Norwegian press. So I just feel like, yeah. Anyway. We will probably never find out who it is anyway, so... Well, it's clearly not just one person at Maybe this point. Maybe it's Banksy. It's clearly not one person, so you can't be... It, you know, it's not going to be... Even after the people announced the Utah monolith, it's like, well, yeah, but no, there's all these other ones. I'm seeing one in the UK right now, um, a third one in California I'm seeing. 
yeah, so there, there's more coming out even that we don't have. San Lu, Luis Obispo apparently was the was the town that we were thinking of, the coastal town in California. Right. Yeah, we couldn't think of that before, but that that's what it is. So there's even more monoliths happening still. Uh, I don't know if we'll keep covering this story because it's kind of getting drawn out, unless something really interesting happens with it, you know what I mean? <laughs> they start flying around. Right, if something really interesting happens, like one shows up on top of uh, that giant Jesus statue in Brazil, like on the top of its head, <laughs> on the top of its head, that would be awesome, and we'd be like, okay, we gotta cover this. Uh, get Jesus a hat. Right, exactly. Yeah. One shows up on the uh, on top of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Hey, this is uh, something we don't usually do. We're, uh, we're going to talk about movie news in the main fucking... A new news segment. We never hear this, but uh, there's a uh, maybe a very big reason why uh, Warner Brothers will release all of its 2021 movies simultaneously on HBO Max. This is not being uh, taken very good by some people. Uh, there are uh, some limitations to the new business uh, model. Uh, the movie will only stream on HBO Max for one month before leaving the platform for a period of time. Uh, they will also play in the theaters simultaneously, keeping the relationship with the movie theaters distributors like AMC and Regal. AMC and Regal don't fucking agree to this, by the way. Uh, the plan is to run this as an experiment for one year for people who don't have an access to HBO in their market. It appears that the uh, their uh, theoretical uh, releases will be still go uh, on two options. So the movies that are coming out, uh, The Little Things, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry, Godzilla, Mortal Kombat, uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead, The Conjuring, Devil Made Me Do It, In the Heights, Space Jam and New Legacy, The Suicide Squad, Remnants, uh, Melogent Dune, The Many Saints of uh, Never Nevor, King Richard, Cry Macho, and Matrix 4. Honestly, uh, I don't really have any desire to see most of those movies. <laughs> there's three I really want to see. I think there's two that I really want to see. Like, there's some I'd see... But the, the ones that I really want to see are only, like, what, Matrix and Dune. Like, yeah, I would watch uh, Suicide Squad, I'd watch Mortal Kombat. I'm not, like, right. gonna go out of my way to see them, though. Yeah, uh, I really want to see Space Jam, the new Legacy, though. Jesus I'm definitely Christ. not paying $70 a month to see them. That's, I guess, my point. <laughs> that's That's true. Yeah, so this is this has been some news because uh, when I sent you this, there was no like uh, the movie theaters had said nothing, uh, no one had said nothing. Now people are uh, the legacy, for example, that they are working uh, with making um, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Is uh, suing them? Yeah, we'll go more into that in the movie round. I've got other articles yeah. about that in the movie round. But this is interesting because HBO Max, uh, 
Unhinged, which I think we both watched last week, right? Right. With Russell Crowe, it went to HBO Max after it left, and it did the one month of disappearing out of, like, left the ether, didn't exist anymore, and then all of a sudden last week it just showed back up, and it's this HBO Max deal where it has to go off of the air completely for one month after it leaves HBO Max. Um, I don't like that. I think it's not only bad for people who want to see the movie, but I see it as bad for the the profit of the film itself, because people who don't have HBO Max, they'll be like, oh, I really want to see it. I can't wait for it to leave HBO Max so I can rent this movie. And then a month month goes by, and they've forgotten that that movie even exists, right? Right. Yeah, no, I I totally... Sorry. I I totally agree with you. It's it's a very strange way of doing it. I, I feel like taking it away from HBO Max would lose a lot of the value that it's getting. Like, I understand that people are super excited for this because next year will be very strange with the corona thing. But the thing is, like, how they are doing this seems a little backwards. Because people are going to lose interest in the movie if, they, if they're if they not willing to get HBO Max, and a lot of people aren't. Right. I'm, I'm not going to get HBO Max for these things. Clearly, that's the idea here, is to entice people to have to get HBO Max because they want to see these blockbuster films, right? Uh, people who weren't going to get know, HBO Max before. I don't before. know if that's the, that's, the, that's the thing I've been thinking about. Why well. would it, HBO Max would not be doing this if there wasn't something in it for them, and that's clearly what's in it for them. <laughs> True, but it also could be. Uh, I I think the art the only argument is like keeping things in place for next year when it comes to the calendar. Like the the calendar of movies coming next year is like super filled because everything has been moved from last year to this uh, or, or from this year to next year. So it's also like uh, a lot of like getting it actually released is also like keeping uh, because like like right now uh, the movie industry is like there's a lot of movies in in, in waiting and HBO is kind of taking the 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 uh, a little leak in the dam trying to get some of 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 the movies like out of the the calendar yeah but it's their their movies because hbo i understand right, that and warner media that, are the same I'm... thing so you're right. you're you're saying like you're acting like hbo is doing some kind of like beneficial service for like the industry no, and it's no, like no they're no, doing no, a beneficial no. service for themselves no. this is all about money fro don't act like they're the good guys in no. the situation <laughs> No, 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 no. They are not, not at all. I'm right. just saying. That I think they are also doing it not to cloak up the system for next year for themselves, right? Because they have a they have a calendar yes. as well. And but I just feel like I've always felt this way that the places that have popped up for um, online services, uh, specifically Disney Plus, HBO Max, um, uh, those two specifically are only there to try to monopolize more of the space by Disney and by Warner, who already monopolize so much of the space that they don't really need to be there. Uh, and, yeah, we're going to talk more about that in the movie round, so or the TV round, I guess, actually. So, 
But yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Uh, former Israeli space security chief says that alien exists and uh, humanity is not ready. I saw this. This was kind of funny. Yeah, a former Israeli space chief has sent eyebrows shooting heavenward, saying that Earthlings have been in contact with extraterrestrials from a galactic federation. Uh, the unidentified... So, galactic federation suggests that there's like a... You know, that they're working together. That's what a federation is, right? Yes, yes. Uh, the unidentified flying objects have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet, the Israeli Defense Minister Space Dictorate told uh, Israel's newspaper Yedait Aharonot. The interview in Hebrew ran Friday and gained traction after parts of it were published in English in the Jerusalem Post on Tuesday. I also saw it in Australian News, was the first place I saw it in English, as well as the Jerusalem Post uh, on Tuesday. A respected professor and retired general, he said, aliens were equally curious about humanity and were seeking to understand the fabric of the universe. He said, also, there is an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here, he said. He also mm -hmm. said uh, the cooperation agreement had, that had been signed between the species included an underground base in the depths of Mars where American astronauts are living with alien representatives. Cool. You know what this makes me think of? <laughs> Men in Black. No, that topic we did oh. about the time traveler who went uh, back in t or went into the future with the chronovisor and met Obama at the space station on Mars. Remember that? All right, right, right. How would he have known that, this, that there was a space station on Mars unless he was as crazy as this guy from Israel? Maybe they talked together. Ishad added that the President Donald Trump is aware of the extraterrestrial's existence and had been on the verge of revealing the information, but was asked not to by, the, by people in the government in order to prevent mass hysteria. They had been waiting until, until today for humanity to v develop and reach a stage where we will understand, in general, what space and spaceships are, he said. What's the comment? comic that I listened to some days ago that just said that that uh, Donald Trump is proof that there's no intelligent life on other planets or he would have told us by now. <laughs> well, Trump said in May, space is going to be the future both in terms of defense and offense. We are now the leader in space. Yeah. Uh, space just force. before uh, the focus along with Space Command and Space Force is on <laughs> Space as a yeah. military domain for the U.S. So the person that said yeah. that about Trump maybe wasn't paying attention to what Trump's been saying. <laughs> yeah, like Trump is not paying attention to what we're telling him on the podcast. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, yeah, no, this is an interesting thing. I think it's uh, probably a not case, but who the fuck knows? Yeah, but he is like an actual... Uh, former um, general in, in specifically in his he's a space security chief former space security chief so you would think sure. he has some idea of what he's talking about 
I don't see anywhere they don't like list how old this guy is. Maybe he's senile. I have no idea. Right. Let's go to uh, Michigan. Uh, we're going to listen to a Michigan business owner that blasts the government for abandoning on them. Right, this went viral this week, uh, at least on Twitter. Everybody was kind of talking about this. What on? It was on the weekend when I first saw it, so maybe Friday or Saturday. Um, I don't agree with everything this guy says, but he also makes some good points. So I think it's something to discuss. So give me a countdown, Fro. In three, two, one. In Portage, with the details on why the judge said no. Okay, there's a guy walking up behind a reporter. Is everything okay? Okay. My government leaders have abandoned me. Are you are you the owner? It's like an impromptu interview happening right now. Stimulus money. They gave the it to is looking like. What the fuck is going on? Dave Morris, I own the place. So what's going on? What's going on? You know what's going on? Tell me. You tell me. Hey, we got a government that has taken the stimulus money. They gave it to special campaign donors. They gave it to special interests. They abandoned me, and they have put me in a position where I have to fight back, okay? So do you feel that this is the right thing to do? Absolutely. I feel everybody needs to stand up. Hey, listen. There was Why is he, like, lifting his arms so much? In this country, he's very expressive with his hands when he's months. talking. Yeah. They chose to give it to special interests and campaign donors, the Kennedy Space Center, and they abandoned us. The so Space Kennedy Center? Wow. NASA. Let this virus settle down. Oh. I'm not going to do it alone. Is that in Michigan? Are you to continue to no. violate the state's orders and this stay open? State, state order. This isn't an order. This is a conspiracy. This is a tyranny. What do you want to tell other restaurant owners who... Wake up. Stand up. This is America. <laughs> Be free. I got patriots coming out supporting me the last two days. You know what? It's a great thing. Wake up. This is America. Don't let them ro- ro- ramrod you. This is crazy when you turn around and you watch what's going on on Western J Avenue, the big department stores, the train station, the airports, side by side eating meals for four hours. And you're going to blame me? Come on. I love this guy. Come on. <laughs> this is not right and you guys know it. Everybody knows it. Stand up, America. Give us the money to shut this thing down and calm this virus, but don't take it out on a select few. Is there anything else you want to add, sir? That's it, brother. All right. I'm glad you listened to me. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, hey, I'm really the a entire West guy. Michigan just listened to you. You're okay. live on TV right now. All right, I'm, go- I'm glad to hear that, okay? Right. I'm yes, really sir. a good guy. Yes, I've been married 38 years. i got a wife, three kids. i got four great-grandchildren. Let me tell you something. i got a good life, and I've worked hard for it. I'm not giving up easily. I'm not going down alone. They want me to go down and be quiet. They never want to hear from me again. I'm not going to put up with it. Got it's you. time to rise up. Got you. Got to rise up. Shut it all down. Or don't <laughs> shut any of us down. That's the only way to get control of a virus. And believe me, our governor can say all day long that there is no such thing as surface contact. This is a virus. Come on. <laughs> come on. Christmas. Come on. Have somebody else come behind you by 30 seconds that didn't know you sneeze. And then they just cut. They cut the guy off as he was talking about the. Uh, the yeah. contact thing. They were just like, oh, it's, yeah, it's probably good enough. <laughs> they would cut to like a graphic. <laughs> I definitely don't agree with everything he said about, uh, no. you know, fighting back against the tyranny or whatever, this and that. But then he also sa- said things like, uh, if you just gave us money to stay home, I would stay home, but you haven't given me any money, so I have to go to work, and that's why the virus is spreading. Yeah. Well, I assume I... this guy is a Republican, don't you? 
Oh, definitely. But I feel like he's saying half things that I agree with and half things I don't agree with. So, uh, right. I don't know. Uh, what do you think about what he was saying? No, I I I, I agree with you. I uh, he's very like he's very expressive and some of it I agree a hundred and ten percent on and <laughs> a lot of like I don't. So I think you and me have the same impression of him. Yeah, and I think that's probably why it went viral is because it was, like, so polarizing. Like, some people, right. you know, agreed one way, some people agreed the other way, and other people were like, I agree with both of you, but I don't agree with either of you, also. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, before Tron is going to tell the truth. Tron, you need to stop calling him um, President PP Tape. It's not funny and I'm going to complain about it. <laughs> so you... I mean, I, I, I think this was just trolling us, Fro, to be honest. So I think he, if, if anything, he probably just got you because he wanted you to say that because he was trolling you, but... Yeah, well, you trolled me. But uh, he wants us to stop complaining about your home office. 2020 has been a hard year. No, I don't talk about President Golden Shower. I talk about we have been in the middle of a pandemic. There are two things about a pandemic I think is interesting. First, how normal I think the situation now is. In March, I didn't think so. It was stressful. I lost a lot of shit I was doing and so on. But now this situation for me has been normal. Have you forgot, have you forgot your mask there? Yes, I go with the mask in the shops. I wash my hands with more liquid than I ever drink in my life. And so on and so on. I've been talking about how people don't give a shit about science anymore, so I'm not going to talk about this this time, but I'm going to talk about one privileged group that I really are irritated on. People who complain about having a home office. Yes, there have been articles up and down, not only in Norwegian newspaper, a lot of European newspapers, American newspapers too, but poor people who have a home office. Yes, they have to cope with things like having the children and dogs and animals around them, and and they can. There's no separate lives anymore between the work and what they're doing at home. Poor, poor, poor people. I'm working in the nightlife industry. Yeah pubs, nightclubs, concerts, and so on. And we don't have a job anymore. I haven't been working in those clubs for over four to five months now. They don't open long enough. Nobody goes out. Nobody people are dancing. The DJs are sitting drunk by the bar one meter from each other. That's not happening. Some of them's going to lose their jobs. We have a lot of European citizens in my, in my business. But we also have people who come outside Europe. They have no right to benefits from the Norwegian state. They need to work. So while they are scrapping what they can get and making some all the money they can get to survive from month to month, I had to listen to people who have a home fucking office. Yeah, home office. But you don't know what that means? You still have your fucking job. You still have your fucking paycheck, and you can fucking do what the fuck you want, except the restrictions that the rest of us has. The restrictions can be okay, but the benefit, the good, if you have fucking money, 
Oh, we had to sit at home. I, I wish I could go out on a restaurant and not have to feed, eat that good dinner at home. You can afford people with home offices to go on holiday next year. I can afford to go holiday next year. I have some bonus points left from the, my early holidays. I can scrap some of them together and get a shorter holiday, but I can't afford to have a full fucking summer holiday. You got a fucking job. And while you're sitting in home office and you have not used your money, but things you used to use them on, you can have a fucking awesome holiday. I can't, and a lot of people on the can't. When you don't have a job, that fucking sucks. And not all that. There are people dying. And when the last word is, can my family afford this? Yes. Can my family afford to lose me? Can I, but in America's case, can they afford the fucking medical bill? Most people can't. People are starving. People are standing in line to get food. Half of fucking Europe is closed down. And people are complaining about home offices. I would love to have a job that I can do at home. I do this segment at home, but I don't get paid. I just get paid by annoying people. And think annoying conservatives always makes me happy. So that's a payment worth but never mention. But if you are that prevalent people, this is a situation you have to think about. Because you, all the world is considered around you. You want people to work for you. You want the shops 24 hours. You want them open all day. You want always people to be there to, to hold your bags, to fix your things, to do your shit. But you know what? There are also people with families putting food on the table. The world is not only for you because you have grown up to kind of high position in society you are a part of the fucking society. High education, a lot of money, got paid job, don't take away your responsibility for the rest of the people. You have now a working class. You're getting poorer and poorer while you are getting richer and richer. That is the fucking system. It can hold long, but not going to hold too long. A revolution is only a meal away. Remember that. Remember that. And remember that. You cannot scare people with communism and this and that anymore and radical things. Because people are hungry, they get mad. When people are starving, they get mad. And people think they are treated unfair and pissed on by nagging fucking assholes who can't, who can't handle a home office. Yeah, then people get real fucking mad. Remember that? This was Tron with Tron tells the truth. Have a fucking nice day. Thank you for telling the truth. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are people complaining about having a home office? They are in America. <laughs> I see yeah. it like... Uh, think about those two TV shows we saw that were like the Zoom shows uh, yeah. on, what, network television? There was there were two of them. I remember them. I don't remember what they were called or anything. Um there was at least one scene in either of those shows where it had somebody complaining that they had to be at home, working at home, and like that their kid. Oh, yeah. oh my! I have to be around my kids and my family so much. It's like, come on, <laughs> come on now! You're complaining about having to be around your kids. Maybe you should get a grip. I I, I told my dad I I think Corona is a very good reason to get a vasectomy. 
<laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I'm well. I think we said like what uh, at the beginning of this year we had made a joke about like Corona, the Corona babies, babies. Corona yeah. boomers. You know what I mean? Like just it's gonna ha- it's gonna probably it's probably already happened and we don't even realize it. Probably. But people are dying so much that uh, people it, being born. It, it equals like, it out, right? Yeah. That's terrible uh, to think about. I don't, I'm not laughing about it, but it's just... That's yeah, crazy. No, it's, ter- it's terrible. Um, hey, let's talk about uh, more people that are trying to keeping things together. Uh, Disney Plus may be uh, combined with Hulu. Right. What the shock? Uh, if you remember when Disney Plus first came out, uh, at the same time Disney was buying up Hulu, uh, if we covered it at the time, the idea was Hulu was going to be the more mature content, the more, um, adult content, not as, not adult as in triple X adult, but like, you know, stuff that's not for children. Disney Plus was going to be family friendly, Disney movie centric only, um, and now they're saying uh, they're considering combining the streaming services. Uh, of course, after years of net of Netflix growing and dominating the market, uh, they are trying to take take over uh, Netflix by combining these two streaming services. I'm not surprised by this. I think I even said that this would probably happen eventually. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I'm not sure if it's Netflix they are competing against uh, either. I think it's probably HBO. Uh, No, everybody is competing against Netflix because Netflix was the original. They have the base subscriber uh, that, like, everybody everybody is just trying to get subscribers from Netflix or or get subscribers that already have Netflix. Nobody is... Sure. Right, exactly. Well, what I meant was uh, uh, more in 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 uh, taking uh, uh, a role in the market uh, that that uh, uh, HBO has, uh, but Hulu doesn't because they don't really have the Disney content. I mean, Hulu with the Disney Plus or Disney Plus with a Hulu is much, much more interesting than than uh, than not. For example, here in Norway, I hate this because I I can't get Hulu in Norway. Hulu is one of the many streaming services I I can't get in Norway. Uh, Disney Plus I have, and Netflix of course. I don't get HBO Max. I get something called HBO Nordic. Um, that definitely isn't the same. Very bad. Very extremely weird ways. And I think combining things maybe will make it. Uh, easier to have a distribution plan in countries that uh, uh, when it comes to rights to movies and things like that? I don't know. I mean, you can already get a package on Hulu, because I have Hulu, and they they try to get me to buy it all the time for the Disney Plus package or the HBO Max package. Right, they... Yeah, uh, it's just they... This is different than that. This is a combination of the two streaming services, as in one of the streaming services is not going to exist anymore, uh, and there's going to be one system. 
So it's go like they're not. It's going to be worldwide. We're not talking about uh, one place or another. Because no, they're literally they're I'm, taking I'm, two I'm just saying, websites for me, for me, and, and deleting one of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I understand that. I'm just saying that for me it would be better if this happened because I can't get a hold of Hulu content in Norway. It's impossible. Well, it's not really not, not right. Assuming, but assuming that that's how it's all going to work, right? Because I mean, but. there's many ways this could work. Um, as far like, because they also own what ESPN Plus, uh, Disney does. They also yeah. own Fox TV, uh, uh, what Fox Television stuff, right? But not Fox Movie yeah. stuff. So they have all these right. other properties, FX, and all these things. And are those all going to be also combined with Disney Plus? It's just there's there's a lot to. This is still uh, up for debate. I think within the company, it's even still saying they're contemplating it. It's not necessarily going to happen. I was I was thinking, what uh, service do you think will fall first of what we have now? Uh, service as in. Uh, in streaming service. Streaming service. Okay. I think it's Apple. Apple Plus. Yeah, probably. I it. Yeah. I don't see. Yeah. Uh, or it combining with something. I don't necessarily seeing it. See it disappearing. I can see somebody buying it up or them selling it off to somebody. Like the content. They. Yeah, they have absolutely nothing. I. I mean, absolutely nothing. I mean, the newest thing they had. This week was Mariah Carey sings Christmas. Like, yoo-hoo. Yay. I really want Apple Plus. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> lately Disney Plus is not, like, adding all that much stuff that to keep people interested for, like, you know, a whole year. They add a, the, like, the one... God uh, bothered is the new thing. Okay, they add, like, one thing every once in a while, but it's not like yeah. Netflix where I can go online on Google, what's new on Netflix this week, and it's going to give me a list of, like, right. 20 things. You know what I mean? It's not It's not the same. But I, I think that's one of the main problems with Disney+, Plus, and I, I think that we will see that, especially because they are, they are looking into a lot of Marvel shows that are coming to Netflix now. No, sorry, to, to Disney Plus now. Uh, I think I think they have created a platform and now are thinking of adding things. Do I think this was probably it? always the plan, is that they were trying to... Originally, they were probably deciding, is Hulu worth keeping around or not? We'll right. make it this, and if it's worth keeping around, we'll keep it around, and then bring, bring these two together to make one streaming service eventually. Because we can combine the two, um, the two mar uh, the two uh, sets of people that are already subscribed to this, and then we'll be like, look how many people are right. subscribed to our service. Uh, we're the biggest streaming service now, uh, and that's you know that's good for the company. Uh, I think that was probably always the plan, to be honest. I still find it strange that uh, uh, Hamilton is on Disney Plus, but that's another topic. Uh, okay, but Netflix uh, rejects to quote <laughs> to uh, add a disclaimer to Crown that it's uh, it's uh, more or less made up. 
uh, in a statement Saturday, Netflix said it has always presented its show as a drama uh, and just as that, a drama. We have always presented The Crown as a drama. We have every confidence our members understand it's a work of fiction. Uh, Netflix said. Netflix was urged last week by British Culture Secretary Oliver Dowden to add the disclaimer in the wake of the broadcast of the drama's fourth series. Questions of the historical fidelity weren't a major issue during the earlier seasons of the show, which debuted in 2016, but the current fourth season is set in 1980s, a divisive decade for Britain, uh, which includes right. conservative... Uh, or conser- which uh, also has characters including conservative uh, Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Okay. Oh, and then Princess right. Diana's death. I didn't even think about that. Right. Yeah. Was that in the eighties? I thought that was in the nineties. Uh, she got married in the eighties. I think she oh. died in ninety. Yeah. I'm... If I had to guess. Okay. Uh, let's okay. Let's play it again. When did Diana die? I think it was. After ninety four, I'm just going to guess ninety six. I was going to say ninety five, but this says ninety seven on my birthday. Hey! On my birthday in nineteen ninety seven. On your birthday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We both have tragedies then on our birthday. Mine was a little bigger. A Is little okay? bit, a slightly more people. <laughs> <laughs> on more. on that nine nine eleven date there, yeah, yes, a little more impactful. But yeah, no, um, uh, we have the, the same thing in Norway right now because we have the Norwegian version of the crown, uh, uh, with Princess uh, Murta, sure, and she's in. A relationship with Roosevelt, and it's about the Second World War. It's called Transatlantic or something like that. Don't ask me. I don't fucking follow that show. And they have gotten very much like criticism, like, "Oh, she was this powerful. You're making th- you're ma- making things up again, Arnold." And uh, yeah, I don't think they really, really care. Wait till they do the Crown 2019 edition. They're going to be really pissed. (laughs) (laughs) I would would love to to have that. Him meeting Epstein. Right, exactly. That would be be a show that I follow. Yeah, that's good TV. Yeah, talk about TV. Have you seen uh, some? I did. I saw, what, season three, episode one of Magnum P.I., which was, uh, what, on Monday, I believe, on NBC. Oh, no, CBS. That's what it is, not NBC. Um, Yeah, Magnum P.I. I really like the show. This new new series is good. I don't really like that they're trying to make a love story between him and Higgins. I don't think it's necessary right. for the show. I think it actually detracts from the show, but that's just American uh, uh, TV uh, archetype. Is like somebody's always got to fall in love in season three or four. Otherwise, the show's not good anymore. And then by season five or six, they're going to have to have a baby so that they can cancel the show. 
Right. That's just American, like, cookie-cutter TV drama. Uh, what would you give it? Oh, right. Uh, uh, I'll give it a six. You know, it's still a just weird American action drama show, but it really holds up to the original comparatively to some of the other things they've tried to redo le recently uh, on American TV. I like the characters and the story, at least in this first episode, was pretty fun. So, I love the two first seasons of that. It's one of the best remakes of a television show ever. It's because that whole, like, if you, well, if you've seen the original, which I really like the original, yeah, uh, it holds up to, it. like, the concept of yeah. the original and the way the storylines worked, and it doesn't try yeah. to, like, be something new, it just tries to be a newer version of what it used to be, yeah. Uh, I saw uh, Brian Cranston's new show on Showtime this week called Your Honor about a judge uh, where uh, the son is in a hit and run and uh, that is more or less the first episode so I spoiled the whole first episode okay but uh, this honor is like very like he's very like protective over his boy and uh, we find out the man he killed was the son of uh, uh, one of the biggest like cartels in 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 states and things like that. This is very good. It's very thriller. It's very legal. I really like Brian Crin uh, Brian Cranston. Uh, it's fun to see him s uh, do something else. The one that plays him, the son called Hunter Dohan, is a good actor as well. Uh, but, uh, like I said, it was the first episode. It's kind of hard to set the score after just watching one episode, but I will do it. I will give it seven and a half, because it has potential to get better. Uh, but, uh, I think it's good. Okay, uh, let's see, I got caught up on a bunch of stuff. Um... I got caught up on Jersey Shore Family Reunion this week because it's slowing yeah. down in new TV shows and stuff. And I, there's a lot of things that I like that I want to get caught up on because they're going to end soon. And this is one of them. Uh, it's a it's Jersey Shore. You know what I mean? It's I needed to like get my head straight a little bit this week and watch stuff that was just like uh, mindless garbage, and and it worked mm. because. After the election and everything happening in America, uh, it's just been so stressful. And then, what, Thanksgiving and then Christmas is coming up and I have to buy presents for everybody and send them out because nobody's probably even going to come here, so i got to mail everything. Everything's so stressful. Jersey Shore is a good kind of getaway for me, and it was good this week, so I'm going to give it a 7. I gave my dad uh, that I uh, bought Plex. That was what I got him for Christmas. Is he going to listen to this? Do we need to cut that out? No. Okay. He doesn't understand English. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, I saw Alien Worlds on Netflix. Um, I had very much hypes, uh, high hopes for this, but I think my main problem with this show, so it's it's applying the laws of the Earth to the rest of the galaxy, and they kind of go and, like, we see, like, creatures that 
they made. But it's also like explaining things on Earth. And here's my biggest problem pro- problem with, with this. If you call it Alien Worlds, and like 90% of the show is about like things on Earth to explain how things could be on other planets, I don't really feel like you have the right to call it Alien Worlds, because... Like, I understand gravity. You don't really have to show me someone paragliding for half an hour <laughs> to to do, explain me, like, how the winds and the gravity would be on other planets. Like, when we know the laws of gravity here, what could it be on other planets? So my biggest problems was that they didn't show enough of the alien worlds that I was actually interested in watching this is four or five episodes long i saw all of it but i'm going to give it a pretty low score uh 4.5 uh let's see i saw what bob's burgers a whole bunch of bob's burgers this week to catch up on the new season um another mindless show that just kind of had it on in the background mostly while i was doing other things uh still good i'll give the season um, a six point five. I think I need to give give it another chance because uh, I did that with uh, the horse uh, thing. I didn't oh, like that. Bojack Horseman, right? Bojack Horseman. I did not like Bojack Horseman in the beginning. Was really good at the end. Uh, okay, I saw a documentary called Heaven's Gate: The Cult of Cults. Uh, this is also just four or five episodes long. Uh, if you know anything about this, I kind of feel like it's a very, like... Uh, I mean, I, I know too much about this uh, for, 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 for me to find it super interesting. There were some yeah, interviews with people that has been in the cult and, like, got away from there before uh, they took suicide, talking about how they, like, struggling with with regret and things like that. But it's... it's you mean the interviews good... with the people who are, are dead now before they committed suicide? No, that that got away from there. Oh, before okay, they I see. Right. Suicide. Yes. All right. I just feel like this wasn't very intriguing. I think if you don't know anything about Heaven's Gate, you will find this very interesting. But I I have read many books and uh, I have seen like YouTube stuff about Heaven's Gate and and to be honest, like my interest in cults came from Heaven's Gate, so. I ha- I know a lot about it, so I find it very uh, uh, okay, totally okay. I will give it a five point five, but I do recommend people that doesn't know anything about it to watch it. Maybe they will find it more interesting than I did. Sure, younger people or people who are living under a rock for the last twenty five years. Um, right. Yeah, it. I remember. When I was a kid, middle middle school, maybe elementary school, seeing seeing that on the news, seeing the pictures of the triangles over their faces and stuff, and they were just yeah. like broadcasting that on the news. And I was like a little kid. I totally vividly remember that. 
They're just showing dead bodies on the news. I don't think they do that nowadays, <laughs> to be honest. It's such a sad story. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's super sad. I wonder if they still have all the uh, interviews and stuff on YouTube. I remember watching all the interviews back in the day on YouTube when, when YouTube was more of a Wild West than it is now, I guess. Uh, let's see. On Hulu, Hardy Boys, or The Hardy Boys, I should say. Uh, new TV. Well, it's just called Hardy Boys. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Hardy Boys on Hulu. Uh, oh, it is New version Hardy. of The Hardy Boys. Uh, yeah. I. It's not like The Hardy Boys in the sense that one of them is younger and one of them is older. And The Hardy Boys, they were pretty close to the same age. Like... Aren't they the same age, more or less, like, one year? Within a year of each what? other, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because, it, um, uh, at least, when because I, I read the books when I was a kid. And I Neither. always, in my head, thought that. And I think it's probably because on the cover of all the books, it showed them the same height and like, the same weight yeah. and the same everything, right? Like, they could have been twins, but they had a different... They weren't... They had a different face, so they clearly weren't twins. Mm -hmm. But they looked, uh, you know, very close to the same age. Um, and in this, one is very much older than... One is in high school, one is in, what, elementary school. Right. That's a huge difference from the original Hardy Boys to me. Uh, and it changes the dynamic of the brother interaction, because in the books, it was like, we're a team, we work together. And in this, it's like, oh, my stupid little brother's coming along. And it's like, this is not Hardy Boys. Right. <laughs> They're supposed to be 16 and 12. In this or in the original? No, in this. Right, okay. And what about the original? I have no clue. Let me look it up. And what did you think of the show? Uh, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not... Uh, they didn't... Uh, I was very much fearing they were going to Riverdale this. Uh, so when I turned it on, I was like getting into it very skeptically because I was like, oh, another youth series that they are going to like Riverdale the shit out of and make it totally uninteresting. Right, I, I, was I was afraid of Riverdale syndrome as well, totally. Yeah, yeah, and uh, totally wasn't that. So, uh, but is it the Hardy Boys? Not really. It feels very generic. It feels like it could be any other, like... You could have put like, another title on this and called it something but, else, and it would have been the same show, and, like, yeah. Yes. It's saying here for, uh... In the originals, Frank is 18, Joe is 17. In later versions of the books, uh, Frank becomes 16, and Joe becomes 15. So they're always one year apart in the year, books, yeah. even if it's an early version of the books or a later version of the books. Right. And uh, four years is a little too much. But uh, anyway, uh, no, I, 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 like I said, I didn't hate it. It's just like it was there. Uh, it's not. It's not a show that I'm going to recommend people uh, to go out of their way to watch. But it's, right. it's not like it's harmful either. I gave it six, but it, it's like, yeah. Um, the other thing that I was interested in this being was a. Each episode being like a book, one of uh, the books, book, yeah. like yeah, being yeah. a story from one of the books. And then each episode is like it's a different book, but it's not. It's like yeah. the whole series is supposed to be or is supposed to be one book. And I don't like that as much as if it was individual mysteries uh, to me. Yeah. 
Um, and it makes it less Hardy Boys-esque in my mind. So overall, mm-hmm. I'm going to give this a five. Uh, the last thing I saw was on Netflix. It's called Room 2806, The Accusation. This is about uh, a 2011 sexual assault involving a French politician called Dominic Strauss uh, that was supposed to be more or less the new prime minister of of. France. So, you remember when I talked about, like, oh, I know everything about Heaven's Gate, and maybe that's why I didn't find it it interesting, and things like that. I didn't know anything about this. Like, I have never heard about this guy. I have no re-election of this happening in 2011, to be honest with you. So this was very interesting. This was very good. And uh, very surprisingly uh, candid about what it means to have power and what it means to uh, 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 have class differences. Because... uh, According according to the girl that says that he he assault, assaulted her, she was a maid, and uh, in a hotel, and he was a French politician, and also like the the thing where where it comes down to like jurisdiction, the diplomacy, very interesting. I give this a seven and a half. Okay, the last thing we saw was Moonbase 8, Episode 5. Uh, was it? Was it Moonbase 8? Because I think it was a different show this week. Yeah, maybe. It's called Move the Base. When Cap becomes an unwinning participant in Skip's psychological test, it leads to friction between the two of them. Rook proposes Game Night as, the team, as a team bonding exercise, but Cap has a more extreme solution in mind. Is it me, or was this episode fucking wedge? Uh, yeah, but I think we've said this from the beginning, is that each episode is, like, a thing onto itself. There's no running, continuous story of this show. Well, <laughs> we, have the, we have the guy that uh, likes to make art out of the trash coming back. Oh sure, we have a returning character, okay, but it's not a continuous right. storyline like that. It, uh, right. they're not still trying to capture that guy or something like that, right? Uh, right. So yeah, each episode, even though there's returning characters, there's not a continuous kind of um, ongoing story, ongoing plot that runs from episode to episode. And this one was very much different than every other episode, just like kind of every other episode was, and. Last week we had talked about whether SpaceX was going to still be there. We did get a pretty wide shot of the right. m- moon base in this, and we, yeah. I didn't see any SpaceX, so no. that didn't come back. Like, one character from another episode came back, but that those characters and that whole base that was there last episode didn't come back, so it's kind of... Um, yeah, there's no co- uh, continuity between episodes uh, this one was different for sure. I didn't think it was as good as maybe 
two episodes ago, but it wasn't as... Uh, I thought last episode might have been worse. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, uh, I, and this one I, kind of went by quick, quicker for me, but I think it yeah. just had to do with there was more... There was a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, I gave this uh, six. Yeah, it sounds about right to me. Yeah. Cool. Luke, main topic. What is the main topic? Uh, top five best and worst childhood books, uh, or books that are for children. But I mean, generally, it's going to be one that you read or had read to you when you were a child, or something like that, right? We're not going to pick yeah. books that like we've never uh, even seen and just happen uh, happen to know about. But, so, so the age was from zero to. 15, so... Right, childhood. Youth as well. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, let's do best first. That is maybe the, the least funny. Okay, why don't you start then? Uh, sure. My number five is Mummins. This is a series by Tove Jansson. Uh, have you heard about the Mummins? No. What's it about? Uh, sorry? What's it about? It's about the moments. Haven't you heard about the moments? That's what I was asking you. <laughs> no, it's these creatures. Uh, so this Toviansson is a Finnish author. Uh, well, she's not because Finland doesn't exist. But um, uh, and she wrote this children's book about the moments. And and uh, what they do and things like that. Uh, it's a family of. Uh, they are a family of white, round, uh, fairy tale creature with a large snout. Uh, it, they look a little like hippo, uh, like hippos. Um, and uh, they are trolls, and they live in uh, Mummin Will, uh, and. Uh, they have a lighthouse, they have a theater, and they have many adventures along with very different friends. It is one of my favorite things uh, when I was a child was my mom and dad reading this to me. Uh, the characters is Mummin Troll, Mummin Papa, Mummin Mama, Little Mai, Sniff, uh, Snork Maiden, S- uh, snuffins, uh, snork, tutticky, uh, and stinky, and uh, it's nine books. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and I've been in the mummins house in Finland. Oh, it's like a what a children's thing or it's a, yeah, it's a tourist uh, tourist attraction. attraction. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that's my number five. Uh, let's see. What should I, my number five? I'm gonna go uh, the true story of the three little pigs. Oh, uh, did you ever read one. this book from like what was it, eighty nine? Yeah. Uh, by John. Jeez, I can't say his name. Sis Sisaska Sizarska, something like that. Sizarska. Yes. Uh, and it's a story about the three little pigs, except from the perspective of the wolf. <laughs> it's a parody as told by the wolf kind of uh and it's he's the author and it and he's called Alexander Wolf uh 
yeah, it's, it was just a, it's a really, what, I, I read it as a really young kid, and I remember just getting the humor of it, it's very sarcastic and very, I just remember really liking that sarcastic type humor it has, uh, and it definitely, uh, what, uh, shaped my own humor probably over time when I really look back and think about it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number four is Winnie the Pooh. Uh, if you haven't heard about Winnie the Pooh, it uh, is written by A.A. A. Mine, uh, and uh, it is uh, has paintings by A. H. Shepard, uh, and uh, it is uh, a collection of uh, of characters uh, it is from 1926 believe it or not the, the first book came out uh, it is uh, what would you say the characters are a little about would you see, say that, that like Pooh Pooh is a bear and then you have uh, Piglet and then you have uh, the tiger, and then you have. Uh, do you remember the others? Sure, I think everybody knows Winnie the Pooh, though. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that is my number four. I love Winnie the Pooh. Okay, my number. Let's see, my number four. Something a little later in life uh, that I would have read Goosebumps. By Arl Stein. Oh. I mean, as far as growing up, a series of books when I was in between 1 and yeah. 15, I probably read more of these in a series than any other series of books ever. Like, mostly because there were more of them to read than any other series of books. Because that guy was just pumping those out, you know what I mean? You know, I'm a little angry that I didn't remember that, because it would definitely be on my list. How many Goosebumps b books do you think there were in total? Hundred and fifty. You were so close, but incredibly off is two hundred and thirty-five goosebumps. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I read all of them, but I definitely read a good portion of them, uh, and I remember a lot of them. Um, I remember a lot of the different interesting stories in there. Uh, I, probably a few of them I read more than once, even. And I think most kids. Uh, in the 90s, or even probably the 2000s, remember Goosebumps. So that's my number four. Yeah. My number three is uh, Mio Min Mio uh, by Australian Gran, or as it's translated in English, it's called Mio, My Son. And it's a children's uh, book uh, written by Australian Gran. It was published in 1954 in Swedish. Uh, and it's like about these two boys that uh, one of them are very sick and uh, they go to this, uh, one of them dies and the other one commits suicide in the beginning of the book. So this is a very, <laughs> it's a very sad and, and, and very like, it, it, it is definitely about death. It's about like, friendship and how to like risk yourself for the greater cause and uh, 
uh, things like that. And uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's terribly interesting and. Uh, they meet. They go to this like uh, weird world where this there is this castle with an evil knight named Cato that they have to kind of fight. And getting to his castle is hard. And yeah, uh, uh, it is one of the best books I know of. So that is my number three. Okay, um, I'm kind of trying to, like, I have a list of things here, and I know which ones, but some of them I'm like, which order should I put this in? I think I'm going to go series of books for this one. You remember Richard Scary? The books from Richard Scary? No. Uh, there's one called, What Do People Do All Day? Cars and Trucks and Things That Go. Uh, I bet, just look up Richard Scary with two R's, Fro, on Google and see okay. if... See if you remember any of these books. There's some... I, I know you've probably seen some of the characters in the books and you don't even remember them. Uh, I think he made books from, like, the 60s all the way up until, like, the 90s. Uh, he was a, like, very uh, prolific uh, children's author. I just remember reading a lot of these different ones when I was a kid. I think my favorite was uh, Cars and Trucks and Things That Go, probably. Uh, which was from 1951, Ooh. actually. I've seen the cat. Right, yeah, totally. There's uh, there's a worm that is actually, yeah. I, think, I think it's like the mascot of some publishing company as well now. Right. Uh, so you see it all the time, uh, like a worm inside of an apple. Yeah. Uh, my number two is definitely later in life. Uh, it is his dark material. Uh, it is a trilogy of fantasy books by Phil uh, Pullman, uh, considering Northern Lights, uh, that was published in 95, uh, The Subtle Knife in 97, and The Amber Spylight. Uh, it is it follows uh, two children uh, uh, coming of age, uh, when they wandered through a parable a universe, um, uh, it is very young adult uh, fiction, and uh, it is with witches, armored polar bears. Uh, they talk a lot of physics and philosophy and theology, and uh, it is one of my favorite book series of all times. Okay, I got a book. Uh, it's actually it's it's a book, but it's a puzzle book. Uh, I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's called The Eleventh Hour. Uh, I don't, okay. Did you ever read this when you were a kid? Nope. Uh, in it, Horace the Elephant holds down a party for his eleventh birthday, which he invites his ten best friends. However, at the time they are set to eat, they are startled that somebody has stolen all their food. They accuse each other until they are left to solve a puzzle as to who could have eaten it all. It is up to the reader to solve the mystery uh, through careful analysis of pictures and, and puzzles. So it's like a puzzle book. It's ba it says here, the writer, uh, Graham Bass, was inspired by Agatha Christie novels. As he traveled through Kenya and Tanzania in 1987, he observed animals at game parks and collected ideas for the book. Uh, 
And it's really a, like an, a mystery book where you have to solve the mystery. Uh, and then at the end of the book, there's like a sealed envelope that has the answer in it uh, that you can open once you tr think you figured out the answer. I remember this book very clearly uh, from my childhood, really like getting into it for a month or two months and trying to solve the mystery. You know, being super engaged in it like this was before video games were really big as well. So this was kind of, you know, uh, it's kind of a search, uh, what's a, but it's like a puzzle game, kind of like a video game puzzle game, except in book form. Uh, when did this come out? 89? So yeah, right, like, at the beginning of video games this came out. Uh, I really enjoyed this, so that's my number, what? Two, sec? Two. No, my number two, yeah. My number one is the Chronicles of Narnia, and uh, that is uh, fantasy novels written by C.S. Lewis, uh, and it was published in London between 1950 and 1956. Uh, it is uh, a series that is set in the fictional realm of uh, Narnia. A fantasy world of magic, mythical beasts, and talking an uh, animals. It narrates uh, various of children who play central roles in the unfolding of the Narnian world. Uh, and uh, they are uh, protect. They are summoned to pr protect the lion, uh, or by the lion Aslan, to protect uh, Narnia from evil. And uh, the books uh, in uh, span the entire history of Narnia, uh, and uh, it begins with a magic nephew and uh, eventual destruction in the last battle. And it's or have sold over a hundred million copies. Okay, uh, I've got an obscure, one, a really obscure one. I think for my final one. I don't know if you've heard of this. <clears throat> My number one is Barba Papa books. There was a series of French books called Barba Papa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you ever read these when you were a kid? Yep. This was, even later in life, I remember being, what, in college and being like, what were those books that I really loved as a kid? And I would search all over the internet to try to find them, and I never could because I didn't remember they were French. So I was looking for, like, an yeah. American book, and f finally I remember finding them when I, I don't know, later in life, and finding out that there was actually a cartoon version of this as well, uh, which I had yeah. never seen. I only had the books when I was a kid. Uh, these were from oh, the, the, 19 the 1970s. Um, uh, by the way, the French author, we are going to talk about him a little later, uh, it's called Jean de Brunoff. Of what? Jean de Bronov. He's the French author of this book? Yeah, of the Barbar. Oh, okay, because I'm seeing Annette Tyson and Talis Taylor are the authors of this book. Of Barbar? Barba Papa, yeah. Maybe it's different that Barbar was another show? Because... I'm going oh, are you speaking of Babar? Yes. Okay, because I have that in another list as well. Uh, but that's Babar the Elephant. Okay, this good, is... because I, I, I was a little worried here because I no. have... Yes. Barba Papa. Look up Barba, okay. B-A-R-B-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A-P-A
uh, or P-A. So Barba and then Papa. Okay, because now I got a little worried because, yes, Barbar is on another list there. But this is also French, so I can see how you get a little confused. But uh, Barba Papa is about a giant alien creature who's like a, you know, the blob from like the 1950s movie. Okay, so it's not elephants at all. Okay, good. It's it's about this character, Barba Papa, and he's like a blob-shaped, kind of indistinct, he has no arms, no legs, but he can turn himself into things. Like, he has the ability to create... He's like... He's a shapeshifter, okay? But in his original form, he's just like a giant pink blob. But he can turn himself... Like, he meets this little girl, and they go and they hang out in the park, and he turns himself into a hammock. So she can, you know, lie in the hammock in the park. Okay. That kind of thing. But then, you know, then there's like a, a, something bad will happen and Barba Papa will turn himself into a net so somebody can jump out of a burning building. You know, that kind of thing. I remember this uh, show. Uh, I remember this now. Okay. Each Barba Papa, because later in the the, uh, books, Barba Papa meets a female pop barba papa uh and they have kids and then there's like they Mm -hmm. they get a house and there's like a house that they live in uh, all the barba papas uh and they there's like female ones uh and they're all they're all different colors uh and they all have different like affects so one's like a scientist and one's like a nature person one's an artist you know what i mean but they're all different colors uh i i just remember really loving this book and then later in life being like what was that book and uh searching it out and even really enjoying the cartoon later in life because it's it's just a good right. it's something that if you do have kids i would recommend them checking it out because it's got a good message to it cool are you ready to talk about shit books okay uh, and i'm gonna start and uh, surprisingly enough my number five is babar the elephant good my number five is also babar <laughs> which i have fond memories of right uh most oh. of babar like most of it most all of babar like the later books but if you remember the original babar book then you're like this book is fucked up right <laughs> yes why is this so messed up bro you go in and or i'll go in it's if you... super racist oh is that i i just remember all the death in it as a child <laughs> Yeah, and and uh, I remember uh, there was uh, one of the books because there's so many. Right. Uh, where where uh, was one with blackface and things like that? Really, I don't remember uh-huh. that. In the yeah, yeah, in yeah. the book, okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe when it got to America, they had gotten rid of that part. Maybe. <laughs> um, but I remember it says here. Let's see. Um. Story synopsis. Babar's mother is shot by a hunter. He flees the jungle to find yep. his way to an unspecified city. Uh, he, is befriend- he befriends an old lady who buys him clothes. He's an elephant, by the way. They, she she mm-hmm. buys him clothes and hires him a tutor. Babar's cousin, Sleese and Arthur, find him in the big city following the death of the king of elephants, who is killed eating toxic shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> right? This, this is a children's book, and all these... People are dying. <laughs> yeah. You they, know... I, they kind of cut that part when they made the uh, cartoon, so... 
Well, look at the, the first episode was super down. I remember that. Huh, I don't remember oh, that, but I don't know. I I watched it so many years ago, so maybe it was. I don't remember. I'm, I just remember the book being like, it's like the book version of Bambi. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, funny, we have the same five. Uh, let's see if we have the same four. Oh, let's right, so it's four. me again, isn't it? Because you just already did your five. Uh, okay, yes. uh, I went with a Ray Bradbury short story, Fro, believe it or not. Okay. I was put in fifth grade. Yes, in fifth grade, I was put into the an advanced reading class. All right, because uh -huh. they they we had a whatever a class or a, you know a, a grade of probably what a few thousand people, a thousand fifteen hundred something. I don't know. Uh, and there was like ten of us they picked out for this special reading class, and so they made us read this Ray Bradbury uh, story called The Velt. Which is about a. It's actually the, um, the origin of the Disney movie, uh, Disney Channel movie, uh, where this uh, it's called Smart House. So this the movie the Velt is about these kids who move into this smart house that ends up uh, trying to kill them. All right. Uh, it was terrifying. It's all like psychological mind play and stuff so as a fifth grader i was like this is so fucked why are they making us read this uh but over time i kind of learned to appreciate it but i still as a child i was like this is so messed up so uh yeah it's kind of an interesting story though if you look back at it because it came out in what mm. uh the 50s or something and it was all about uh artificial intelligent an artificially intelligent house so yeah my number four is a follow-up book. Look, it's a number two. You should never write a number two, even though number one is one of my most beloved children's book, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Oh. This is the follow-up to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right. That I love. Love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Hated Charlotte the Great Ass Glass Elevator. Uh, yeah, it's it's like they they can continue their story, uh, uh, especially when they go to Space Hotel USA. That was very weird, um, and uh, uh, the president is there, and this. Uh, on the attack on the mood and uh, yeah no it's just it is so fucking weird because it has absolutely nothing to do with uh, more or less nothing to do with the original charlie and the chocolate factory charlie and the great glass elevator just like totally took the magic out of the original and didn't like uh, get to 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 make a, a good book, I hated Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Okay, uh, have you read it? I don't think so. I uh, I knew it existed. Was there a movie version of it? Because I could have sworn I watched the movie. Maybe. Um, no, Netflix is working on on. Uh, making an animated <laughs> uh, 
novel, uh, animated series, and it's going to be directed by Take Vatiti. So that could be interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I remember like the cover of it and everything. Oh. Yeah, all through the original book has never been filmed three times for the big screen in 1971 and 2005. An animated direct-to-video crossover with Tom and Jerry in 2017. So maybe that's why... Maybe that's what I remember. I'm having a little uh, uh, Kazam vibes right now, yeah. Um, Oh, right, what are we on? My number four? My number three. Year number three. Number three yeah. worst book. Uh, the Little Engine That Could, Fro. Everybody's going to go, what? That's a great book. It teaches kids about, like, hard work and, like, uh, keep your head up and, like, optimism and everything. Uh, right, Fro? Mm-hmm. It didn't teach me that. It taught me that everybody around you is going to be an asshole for your whole life, apparently. That's <laughs> what I learned from The Little Engine That Could, that everybody's an asshole, so you're just going to have to... Suck it up and work harder. That's what the little engine that could actually taught me. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, I can't disagree. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Everybody in that book is a complete asshole to, to the little engine. They are. They are. <laughs> they are. Asshole. Uh, my number... <laughs> That's funny. My number tr- number three is uh, uh, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Oh, you're combining them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark, Mark, Mark Twain books. I, holy fuck, this is a racist. I think Huckleberry <laughs> Finn's worse, personally, but... Right. Yes. Uh, holy fuck, it's racist. Holy fuck, it's boring. And, uh, it's just like, uh, uh, I remember the movies when they combined it. Do you remember the 2014 movie? Um, (laughs) but yeah. Not really. Oh, wait, the one with Elijah Wood? No, with Val Kilmer. Oh, okay. No, I don't remember it. As Mar- Mark Twain. But yeah, no, uh, two books that is totally boring, totally out of date, totally shouldn't be read. Any of them. Uh, okay, my number two, Charlotte's Web, from. This is a depressing you know book to read to kids. I love that book. <laughs> I love that book. I mean, it's a good book, but it, as a children's book, maybe not so much. Mm. I mean, it's I, I it's agree. just depressing in the end, I think. is. I mean, it teaches a lot of good values, sure, but then it, it, the ending is so... Uh, it's not, a, it's not a, a feel-good ending, I guess is my point. Oh, definitely not feel-good. It's anything but feel-good, to be honest. But it's a good story. Did you like the movie, by the way? Uh, the cartoon? Yeah. I remember watching it a lot when I was a kid. I don't know if I like it. I haven't seen it for so many years, so... Hmm. My number two, Luke, is a thing that you have never heard of. Uh, the Twilight Saga. Uh, have you heard about this? No. I'm sure you haven't. Nope, never. Uh, uh, written by Stephanie Meyer. 
It's about vampires that glistens in the, the light. Why the fuck was this so popular by by teens? I don't understand it. I will never understand it. And it is one of the worst things I have ever read in my entire life. Like, it is so incredibly boring. And being driven to the movies by somebody that loves this the series, aka someone that is now my ex-wife. Uh, holy shit, I have seen all of those movies, and I wish I could never have heard of it. Awful. Right. Uh, so I'm on my number one. My number one, The Velveteen Rabbit, Fro. Another uh, book, maybe it's a good story. Not very good for kids, this story. Never at all. Uh, the Velveteen Rabbit. Uh, he, it's a stuffed rabbit given to a boy as a Christmas present. The boy, the boy decides to play with his new presents, which are modern and mechanical, and snubs the old-fashioned rabbit. The wise oldest toy in the nursery, the skin horse, which was owned by the boy's uncle, tells the rabbit that the mad, um, magically becoming tells the rabbit the toys magically become real due to the love of the children. One night the boy's nanny gives the rabbit gives the rabbit to the boy to sleep with in place of the, a lost toy and the rabbit becomes his favorite toy. One day the boy comes down with scarlet fever. Uh, the doctor orders that the boy should be taken uh, aside and the room should be disinfected. All of his toys and books are burnt, including the velveteen rabbit, bro. <laughs> It is a depressing story. <laughs> My number one is probably going to be very controversial. Because I know people love his books. But it says in capital letters, any fucking book by Dr. Soos. I don't get it. I will never get it. I think it is one of the worst children's things. Horton hears a who don't fucking care. It should be called I know this is beloved by everything cat in the hat and green eggs and ham and things like that. But I think it is incredibly stupid, incredibly bad. And I understand it's written to kids but I don't care it should be banned if I was a dictator I would burn all Dr. Seuss books hate them plugs uh, let's plug some Twitter go to at podcast ADC that's at podcast ADC probably the easiest way to see what's going on with us is there we got an email address if you want to send us anything. Really hard for us to see anything on there, but it's another digital citizen at gmail.com. Nobody wants to send any email anyway, so who cares? Facebook, nobody uses Facebook, but we're at another digital citizen on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, Twitter's probably the easiest way to find us. Twitter. Um, Twitter. Movie round, or movie news, I guess. Christopher Nolan, going back to the whole. Um, Warner HBO Max uh, th uh, thing we talked about in the news round. 
Christopher Nolan, uh, one of Warner Brothers' biggest filmmakers, is coming out strongly against the company's decision to debut its films on HBO Max. Uh, the tenant filmmaker told Associated Press Monday that it's not good business and criticized how the company handled it. It's, uni it's a unilateral decision that the studio took. They didn't even tell people uh, that, that were involved. You have these great filmmakers who worked with passion and diligence for years on projects that are intended to be feature films when te with fantastic movie stars, and they all now, they've all now been told that they're lost leader for a fledgling streaming service. Okay. So I think he he's saying HBO Max is not doing great. Yeah. I don't know what insight he has to that. Well, but... he is Christopher Nolan. He probably knows a little more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I like Mario Lopez. Do you like Mario Lopez? I mean, I... He's kind of got. He's always just kind of been really fake, right? Ever, even since uh, yes. I guess the first time we would, I would have saw him was Saved by the Bell, right? Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, well, he's going to be finger looking good. See what I did there, Luke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to play uh, KFC Colonel Sanders in a lifetime. Romance movie. Ooh. What other kind of lifetime movie is there, to be honest? But uh, yeah. the companies said Monday that the KFC is going to partner with Lifetime uh, as marketing and entertainment coverage to boost the sales of fried chicken. Uh, I don't know what Lifetime gets out of it other than a shitty movie. Uh, the recipe for seduction tells the story of a young chef with a secret fried chicken recipe who disrupts a woman's plan to marry off her heiress daughter to a hand-picked suitor. Uh, Lopez is going to play Colonel Sanders, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the motto of uh, Lifetime. What else do we have but shitty movies? I... I... I have a feeling it's going to do fairly well ratings just for the curiosity fact. It's like um, Sharknado. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Right. Sharknado did really well because of the how yeah. ridiculous it is, and I think this kind of get, get the same market of people that want to watch it. Hey, look, I've seen some movies this week. Uh, let's start with the one I think maybe was the worst. Uh, Freaky. I saw Freaky, uh, where a serial killer and a girl uh, switches bodies. Uh, we talked about it not last week, but week before that or something like that. Yeah, whenever it came out. Yes. Uh, this is made by the same guy that uh, made uh, Ground Out Dave with the uh, uh, murdering. Uh, not as good. Not as uh, inventive. Not as fun. Uh, not as good. Uh, that's uh, more or less it. Uh, I give it a four. Okay. I saw The Big Ugly this week. Um, oh, yeah. When did this come out? It came out in July uh, of this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, starring what, Vinnie Jones, Ron Perlman, uh, it's got a whole bunch of good actors in it that you would know. 
the story isn't less than uh, ideal. Uh, the editing is pretty bad. Uh, it seems like they had money to make a movie and maybe the funding went away halfway through and then all of a sudden it starts to get a lot less good. You know what I mean? Like the beginning of it, pretty decent. And then halfway through, you can tell the budget just went out the window apparently. Um, but it's about some London mob bosses, hence why Vinnie Jones is in this. Uh, in, they're investing in an oil deal in America and then uh, it turns out that they're also laundering money with this guy. And then there's this other kid who is trying to figure out uh, what's going on to try to break up the the gang. Uh, uh, so it's a, it, it's like a action cr- crime drama kind of thing, murder. But it's also kind of a mystery. Uh, not a murder mystery, but a mystery mystery. Overall, not that great. I'd have to give it like a four. Um entertaining story maybe but uh a lot of the ed- the editing really ruins it uh then the second worst movie uh, even though i like this uh what lies below uh this is a horror movie that is about uh, a girl that comes uh, home from school where her mom has found a boyfriend that is much younger than her, and he is very, 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 very creepy. Um, and uh, he gets, yeah, she gets like bad vibes uh, from him, and uh, yeah, things happen. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it because I do recommend people watching it it has one of the best ending scenes in a movie that i have seen this year that's for sure uh i am going to give it a seven all right i saw an amazon movie amazon original i think uh uncle frank with it's got steve zahn in it that's one of the reasons i like i like steve zahn so i was like i'm gonna check this out um it's about a young girl. She lives in like a very conservative family, especially her dad is very mm, what, uh, very conservative, very Christian, very uh, misogynistic, and everything like that. She finds out her uncle mm-hmm. is gay, but the rest of her family he can't tell the rest of his family because of how conservative they are, right? And he lives in New York, and they live in like the South or something. So she goes to college there and visits him, and it's all about her getting out of her really conservative family to go hang out with her gay uncle in New York, right? <laughs> uh, and then um, it goes from there and kind of uh, how her life changes. Cause it's mostly about her, but it's also about the family. Uh, overall, pretty good movie. I mean, the cinematography was good. The acting was really good. The story, uh, it was... I mean, it's okay, but it's kind of just... Uh, very sad to be sad at points. Um, mm. Overall, I'd probably give this a seven. Uh, now I'm going to talk about a movie that's probably going to end up one of my best movies of the year list. Uh, it's a Norwegian movie, but it is in English, so you can see it, Look, Hint, hint. Okay. It is called uh, The Painter and the Thief. It's a documentary about uh, 
I think she's Polish. Uh, this Polish painter that uh, uh, gets uh, her painting stolen from her uh, after she's opening an ex- uh, exhibit. Uh, and uh, uh, the thieves gets caught, and uh, she starts a very weird relationship with one of the thieves, uh, wanting to draw him, and also like get his backstory, like why he stole the paintings and things like that. It is one of the most interesting documentaries I have seen in many many years i laughed i cried i had very much emotions i'm going to give it nine and a half it is amazing the painter and the thief i saw a movie this week uh what was it called centigrade uh which came out in august it's about a pregnant woman who uh I believe she's an author, and she's she's in Norway, believe it or not, Fro. Uh, and she's okay. traveling from one book signing to another. Uh, and she's with her husband, she's pregnant, and her husband decides, uh, we need to pull off to the side of the road, because there's a giant storm, and if we drive any further, we could crash. But what ends up happening is the car gets buried in snow uh, completely, so they can't get out of it, and they're stuck there for days on end. She's pregnant, uh, they're running out of food, uh, cabin fever starts to set in, they start to go a little nutty. You know, that it's that movie. Uh, and it's very, it's pretty interesting. Overall, um, it seemed like a movie that you could definitely make easily during quarantine, because it's just two people in a car the entire time. There's, not, there's no other really scenery that happens, really, in this movie. Um... Certain parts of it are very ridiculous, but it is based off of a true story. Overall, I'm going to give it like a 4.5. The last movie that uh, we both saw, and I think we have very opposite meanings about, was Mank. Uh, Why won't you tell the audience what Mank was all about? Uh, Right, what's the guy's name? Uh, I can't even remember the guy's name right now. Mankiewicz? Mankiewicz, right, there we go. Uh, right. It's about uh, a screenwriter and a producer, uh, Herman Mankiewicz, that's the guy's name, uh, as they're right. trying to finish Citizen Kane, and it's mostly a movie about making movies, uh, specifically about making Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. It's all in black I... and white is a good thing to point out. Uh, it has a lot of very good yeah. actors. Uh yeah, Gary Oldman is in it, main character. I think this is one of my favorite movies of uh, this year. Uh, I watched it twice. That helped very much. I think it, uh, when you and me talked about this movie, I was not as hyped uh, as it uh, on it as I was when I saw it the second time. I think it's better uh, when I saw it uh, other time because then I could like concentrate. There's a lot of dialogue in this movie, and there's a lot of like shots and a lot of time traveling uh, going on. Uh, but I, I really, really, time really traveling. Like you don't mean time traveling. You mean 
going from one time period to another in the film, not like they were time right. traveling. Right. Okay. That right. could be confusing with the way you said that. Yeah. Yes, not really time traveling, but like from one one time to another. Uh, and and I I just think, like you said, it is a movie about movies. I am a film uh, geek. I love geeky movies about films. I I I I said it reminds me a little of if they had paired Roma with uh, with uh, 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 the water movie with Gel Toro del Moro. Uh, like if those two movies were like lean together that is the atmosphere of this movie lady in the water i i i always forgot what it was called okay so it's a uh it's a bland it's a like mix mix between roma and lady in the water when it comes to like atmosphere and things like that i i just really 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 like this movie and i i can't really i think it's going to be very distorted there, like, either, either you like this movie, or you think it's okay, or you think it's shit. I don't think it's like something that you don't have any opinion about because it's, it is like I said, it is very uh, Oscar uh, nominating uh, Beatty as well. That is what I maybe hated the most about this movie was that it definitely was not made for really an audience. It was made for getting Oscars, but I still give it an eight and a half. It was uh, definitely Oscar bait, and that took away a lot from it because that's clearly why it was made and what it was for. It was made to entice people in the Academy and not mm -hmm. to entertain just regular moviegoers uh and it's supposed to like you said be for movie nerds which is what people in the academy are but at the same time that's not what makes a good movie right i i yes it can be technically good it can be this and that but if it's not entertaining uh all the way through or or, or at points you're like can this scene just move on because i'm getting it's like way too long that doesn't make for entertainment, right? So there's a difference for some people between what a what's considered a technically good film and what is considered an entertaining film. Uh, and sometimes those things intersect. I don't think they intersected mm -hmm. in this film. It's entertaining at points, yes, but most of it, like you said, a lot of very long dialogue, a lot of really long, beautiful shots. I won't take that away from it, but it doesn't um, get the intersection of entertainment and uh quality it just is mostly quality for the sake of the quality uh to show people in the academy and it felt that way and it also has a mm. very similar storyline to a movie uh it was called the player i think from like the 90s you remember this movie at all i do yeah yeah it was all about a guy like a wheeling dealing hollywood guy right and it felt like that except it's in and then in the black and white I, while I understand they were going for, oh, this is the time period when they would have made black and white movies, it felt like, I don't necessarily need this, right? Mm -hmm. It felt like they just made it black and white because that's what people in the Academy like, is black and white movies. <laughs> or movie nerds in general. Like, 
in general, a movie nerd's like, oh, a black and white movie, that's so much better because I'm a movie nerd. It's that kind of, you know what I mean? And it's that right. pandering right. that makes me go, it cringe a little bit. So what did you give it? I don't know. It's still good. 7.5? Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to watch the trailer? Sure. All my life. The average person lives 27,375 days. That's all we Oh, what is that blonde girl called? Come over and say hi. Jessica Roth, apparently. Uh, At least that's what it says in the description of the, the trailer. <laughs> I've seen her before. Yeah. I can as well. Yeah, but I wouldn't be able to t tell you her name either without the description. Oh. Uh, I think she actually was the girl in that uh, horror movie. Was well, she? Which horror movie? Uh, the one I talked about. Uh, I would serve this in my restaurant. Chop, chop, chef. All right. I don't know. You talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how anyway. much I could love, actually love, till I met you. This looks fucking generic. Happy death so, day to you. And for you to be my wife. So okay. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, it's definitely generic. Let's see if it is the same girl. Oh, here's the non-generic part, probably. Oh, he's dying? Okay. Nope, still generic. I thought he was gonna have, like, an yeah. alien come out of him or something right there. <laughs> Didn't it look it like for a second... Didn't it look like for a second an alien was gonna come out of his mouth or something? And yeah. it was gonna be a horror movie? Cancer! It is the same girl from Happy Death Day to you. Yeah, I got that. Wow, I recognized her. Maybe we skip all of it. Talking about lifetime. This looks like a lifetime movie. You don't get to choose when I tap out. Do I get to choose? Not alone, not anymore. This is gonna be yeah. Day. Is this a lifetime movie? <laughs> For Looks like it. Seriously. That was a green screen. That, when those people were on that boat, that was definitely green screen. Some more in five chance I don't see next year. Boy, I wonder what I've seen him in. Every morning I wake up. Mm, I don't know him from it, from anything. Ah, okay. Yeah, he was in, in Shadow Hunters, the Mortal Instruments, one of my most uh, beloved and underrated TV shows of all time. Sure, okay. Uh, but look, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? Because it's definitely going to get so many Oscars because it looks so incredibly good. Jennifer Carter and Solomon Shaw are sweet, fun... a sweet, fun-loving, newly engaged couple who are ready to start their lives together. But when Solomon is diagnosed with terminal cancer, their hopes for a summer wedding become impossible uh, when time is running out. Okay. <sighs> Did you hear that sigh? That sigh is like, oh, I hope this never comes to Netflix because I know somebody's going to make me watch it. That sigh is... Oh, I hope I never have to watch this. So their thing is they want to have a wedding before he dies? That's the whole point of the movie, I guess. 
Uh, movie Man uh, 6 uh, from IMDb says, Standard romantic movie by uh, losing its drama aspect. All My Life is a new romantic drama directed by Mark, M- Mark Myers. Really? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, uh, the director's friends, Dahmer, and the human capital. Never heard of any of those movies. In this movie, uh, the film is based on a true story, but despite uh, the reality, it sometimes comes across as a fictional story. Uh, and it's shit, yeah. So, they didn't like it. Have you ever heard about this? Heard about what? Like this story? No. Uh, Based on a true story. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure this okay. has happened to a lot of people, though. Don't. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I get, sir? Yeah. Right. Uh, Leslie Vedder on Facebook said, uh, We went and saw this at the drive-in and cried so bad. It was such a great movie. Uh, another person, Rachel Dam, saying, uh, We'll make you cry happy tars. Um <laughs> Tiffany Kersher says should have streamed it through some serv- through some service. Seventy five thousand oh seven hundred and fifty thousand worldwide is not even enough to close the twenty five million y'all expected. I really want to see it, but it's not time to search for an open theater and go. Unfortunately, uh, Melissa Thorne says someone tell me how good it is before I try to drive thirty miles to go see it because my movie theaters aren't open. <laughs> Uh, and Marta Gornacki actually responds saying, it's really, really good. Absolutely worth the trip. Uh, Melissa's response, thank you. Judy Magnola says, uh, sweet and good movie. Uh, but Christine Smith says, it sucked. To These are all in response to, should I go see it if I have to drive 30 miles away? <laughs> also coming out this week, Half Brothers. Uh, this is uh, Renato, a successful Mexican aviation executive, is shocked to discover that his American half-brother never knew about the free spirit Asher. The two very different half-brothers are forced on a road trip together, masterminded by their ailing father, tracing the path that took the, an emigration from Mexico to America. This is with Luis Gordero Mendes and Juan Pablo Espoesa. Sure. Uh, it has 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 35% on Rotten Tomatoes, and then we go down to 27% on Metacritics. But uh, up again, because 90% of the Google users liked it. When I first saw the title, I was hoping it was a sequel to to uh, Step Brothers or whatever, and it was going to be Half Brothers, but <laughs> it was not, unfortunately. Uh, speaking of uh, Oscar bait, uh, Nomadland, which I'm seeing like yeah. everybody talking about Oscar, Oscar, Oscar for this one. I don't. Uh, a woman embarks on a journey through the American West after losing everything during the recession, uh, starring Frances McDormand. Uh, Peter Spears, Charlene Swanky, uh, David Stratham, uh, which you, you probably know, directed by Chloe Zhao, 
Uh, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 98% on Metacritic, 86% of Google users liked it. Uh, Love Weddings and Other Disasters, is that the following to to, to Weddings and a Funeral? Uh, yeah, maybe. I, wait, no, they made yeah. a second one of those, didn't they, I think? Yes, yes. Uh, a fussy celebrity cafeteria, a blind woman, a tooth... Uh, a tour bus guide and a inexperienced wedding planner search for love. This is with Dion Ketting, uh, Maggie Grace, Jeremy Irons, Ellie King, Dennis Dugan. Uh, four out of five. Four point five out of ten out uh, on IMDb. Listen to this. Amazing five percent on tomatoes. Look. That sounds good. Yeah. And 10% on Metacritic. And 67% of Google users like this. I'm definitely going to watch this movie. Alright, Dear Santa also came out. Dear Santa shines a light on a 100-year-old Operation Santa program of the United States Postal Service. Each year, hundreds of thousands of letters of Santa arrive at the post office. Through Operation Santa, the United States Postal Service... Postal Service makes it possible for the public to safely adopt these letters and make children's dreams come true. So it's like a documentary about this program from the U.S. Postal Service where they like, you know, kids put in letters to Santa and then they actually get right. something back from it. Um, it says, wow, actually, this has got numbers. Uh, 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Nice. Uh, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, 2.5, 2 out of 5 on IndieWire, uh, yeah, it's got pretty good numbers, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. Also coming out, Black Bear, uh, filmmaker plays a calculated game of desire and jealousy in a pursuit of work of art that blurs boundaries between autobiography and invention. Uh, it has Audio Plaza in it, uh, Sarah Gordon, Alexander Koch, uh 6.6 .6 out of 10 on IMDb, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritics has it on 80%, but only 60% of Google users liked the movie. Uh, Billy, uh, 1971 journalist, Linda uh, cool set out to write a definitive bio biography of Billie Holiday. Over eight years, she tracked down tape recorder recordings of, of over 200 hours of interviews with extraordinary characters that populated the iconic singer, singers short and tumultuous uh, short, short and tumultuous life. However, Linda's book was never finished, and the tape were never heard until now. 100% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. 6.6 uh, wow. out of 10 on AB, 74% on Metacritic, uh, and it's found footage, so it's got, like, you know, Billie Holiday, Tony Bennett, a bunch of other, uh, you know, it's all found footage stuff, so. What movie do you want to watch? <laughs> Let's try that again. Which movie do you want to watch? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why? I've been drinking, Luke. Which movie do you want to watch the most out of those movies? 
we have like two 95% and one 100% in in this. It's like crazy good scores in some of these movies. Um, why don't you go first this week, I guess? Uh, I really want to see Black Bear. I've seen the uh, trailer for it and it looks awesome. Oh, okay. Um, I'll probably go uh, Nomadland. That one seems like mm. everybody the one everybody's talking about right now, so it really intrigues me if it's actually as good as everybody says. Cool. Hey, uh, go to audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. Get a free book. Uh, 30-day free trial of Audible. If you cancel it, you get to keep the book. And please do it. Uh, Next week, we will do the final episode of Moonbase 8. And uh, we will then tell you what horrific TV show we will watch next. See what I did there, Luke? Horrific? Uh, Kind of. I barely remember what we're doing, so yeah. (laughs) Maybe, maybe maybe it's going to stand up. Oh yeah, that's right. That's a good TV show. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Dude, that that wasn't the clue at all. Uh, another digital review of Free Guy. Uh, I'm free. Uh, then we will do our main topic is ghost tape hashtag ten. This is one of the things that I have been looking most forward to talk about because this is cray cray <clears throat> right it's an interesting story and it's all true like everything in it is true and uh yes and i think the interesting thing too is kind of we'll go into things that like could have also happened like this uh that aren't maybe considered as true right yeah right and uh, that will be our last show of the year before we begin our, our roundup. So I'm I'm very super excited. Okay, uh, I'm putting the old gimmick back. Um, we will have a new monolith on the moon. That is a, a new story we'll cover next week. Uh, scientists finds that uh, ants cure AIDS. Uh, and uh, uh, we found out that Bush and Hillary were married before Clinton and Clinton. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. Jeremy Round? Jeremy Round. Uh... Oh, something we didn't talk about last week, but I posted on, like, the Facebook and I sent to you. COVID taste mm. test, uh, the, the COVID taste test trend that's going around. Mm-hmm. Where people, like, uh, who have COVID do, like, a taste test or whatever. Mm. It's on YouTube, it's yeah. on TikTok, it's, like, you know, all these young kids doing it. It's, <laughs> I think... I understand why you're doing it. It seems ridiculous that you're doing it. I mean, obviously, some of them are lying, number one, right? They don't actually have COVID. They're just doing it and just doing it for the views. And then that brings up the point is like, then what about these kids who are like, oh, I really want to get COVID so I can get the views? (laughs) 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it's stupid, and people should stop doing things like that. That's my personal opinion. Uh, did you see the uh, AirPod Max from Apple? Right, they're just headphones. With... <laughs> they're just wireless yes. headphones. Right. And and I, I that it was the big news uh, from Apple yesterday, and I was like, we have had this kind of uh, uh, headphones for like three, four years. Why do, is this a big thing? And they're not pods. Really like the name doesn't even fit because they're you know they right. don't plug into your head like you know a pod you know whatever. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense the whole thing. But I, I mean. Maybe they have great sound quality. Maybe that's the whole thing. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, have you been sleeping on, under a rock and not uh, got uh, that uh, game comes out this week called uh, Cyberpunk 2077? Yeah, everybody's super hyped for it. I have a feeling a lot of people, are gonna, because it's the internet, will be disappointed and make it very vocal, and other people will be like, I really love it, and that's I'm I'm ready for that whole backlash or whatever happens with it. But I have a feeling there'll be you know people just don't like it, and people that do like it. I have no clue if I will like it or not. I have uh, I have decided that I will finish uh, the game I'm playing now first. I really, really want to play this because it's so hyped and it's been so hyped for so long. But uh, people are saying there's a lot of bugs in the game. But that's not super, uh, super hard to believe because uh, the people that made this made also The Witcher. And when The Witcher 3 came out, it was full of bugs. Uh, But people are saying it's, it's like... Uh, one of the best games ever and things like that. I, I mean, they I announced don't... they made the announcement for what, like a year ago at that thing with Keanu. What? Yeah. And so they, yeah, it's not like they rushed it or anything. So yeah. Right. Uh, what else? AWTNA. What is going on there? Are they going to yeah. combine? Are they going to? Is it going to be like a? Mutual agreement where they pass belts back and forth and we get this super exciting thing of, you know, remember ROH versus CZW back in the day or like that kind of feud where it's like company versus company. I'm really, that's super exciting to me. What do you think? I am so stoked. I am so extremely happy to see this. I mean, it, it helps both of the companies to fight about, uh, fight against, uh, WWE. I saw. I saw. By the way, I saw War Games on Sunday. Okay. See War Games. Sure. Not as good as last year. Oh yeah, last year was pretty good. I remember that. Uh, I forgot it I was. even watched it back then. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- there's a lot of speculation going around, like what's going to happen. I think a lot of people think that uh, Kenny Omega is just going to like take up all the titles in both companies and it's going to be like this big mm. uh, fight from both companies to try to get the titles off of him or whatever. Uh, there's also other people who are kind of like, uh, this is all just going to blow over and uh, it's kind of a gimmick right now, but they're not actually going to combine as companies. Like that would be the most interesting if they combined as one 
one unit because then it's like they're that much closer to being as big as WWE, which they're still way off of, obviously. Right, and I I still think TNA is uh, now, right now, one of the best wrestling companies uh, that's going on. Yeah, and 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 AEW's right up there. I mean, they're I would say t- AEW's got better wrestling quality. Yeah, TNA has better yeah. storylines. Yes. So you combine okay. the two as long as you combine them in the correct way and not the opposite way, which would make it the worst right. product ever. Uh, then yeah. The women's division, for example, in TNA. Holy fuck. I love it. Right. Those are the only wrestling shows I've been watching when I do watch wrestling, which I guess yeah. it's been a couple weeks, actually, since I watched a wrestling show. But <laughs> uh, I don't really have anything more interesting. What about the Viking ship in Norway? Do we want to talk about that at all? What Viking ship? They, like, uh, excavated this giant like, super elaborate Viking ship uh, out of the ground in Norway. And it's, like, apparently, like, one of the nicest... It's, like, one that that would be for, like, a king or something like that, and it's in super good condition, apparently. I just heard about it. I didn't know if it was big news there or not. Never, ever heard of it. Interesting. Okay. Bigger news here than there, apparently. You're the first one that uh, has... (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. That happens sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have had that happening before. Well, I'm tired. Uh, I uh, wish you all a happy day, whatever you're hearing this on. Yeah, feel, b- feel better, listening. the person who got bit at Carol Baskin's Big Cat Rescue. Feel better, guy. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Oh. So this podcast was dedicated to that person. <laughs> Okay, uh, from Norway, I'm Fro. From America, I'm Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen.